Welcome back. February is Black History Month, and of course, the last weekend of February is right upon us here. So I thought we wanted to get some more information about what the history of that <coughs> month really is. And I thought to do that, I would reach out to some teachers. And uh, here in Quincy, that means uh, right next door here at Quincy College, two professors are joining us in studio to talk, uh, first of all, about the history of Black History Month and also about one woman's experience as an immigrant to this country. So please welcome uh, doctors Cheryl Prophet and Ken Texera. Welcome to you both. <laughs> Thanks Thank you. for having us. Yeah, I really appreciate the opportunity. Ken, great to see you again. Great to see you. Uh, and Cheryl, nice to meet you for the first time. Nice uh, meeting you too. Hopefully not the last time <laughs> for you to come on over. But Ken, I was thinking about this really all month long, saying what can we do here at QATV to talk about Black History Month. And I said, well, I don't know, but there are people in the city that do. And you are a professor of psychology and sociology right, mm -hmm. at, at Quincy College, so uh, a perfect person to educate us. Well, I'm so happy to be here. And Black History Month actually started as Black History Week. Okay. And then it was picked up by colleges who would do more programming during the month to really look at and try to create a platform for underrepresented voices. Mm. And then in 1976, President Ford actually made it a federal monthly holiday, and it's been ratified and brought back every month or every year since. And every year has a specific theme, which is interesting too. So oh. this year's theme is the arts. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, okay. so every time, uh, every year this comes along, there's a different kind of focal point on it. Mm -hmm. What I love about it, and for my students, and for myself in school, is to really dig deep into the literature of psychology and try to find out what voices may we have been whispers that we can put on a platform mm. and, and learn more about. Okay, so when did it actually start as first Black History Week? Um, Black History Week, it was, uh, I think it was like 50 or 60 years prior to uh, that. Okay. And then it just slowly kind of evolved into what it is today, okay. very organically. Okay, so well before the Civil Rights Movement, certainly. And um, that was a response to the Civil Rights Movement, just to kind of create more of an academic dialogue to try to really focus on it. Okay. Starting with historians and then into all, all corners of our society. Yeah, how has it kind of transformed over the years? So one thing that's been amazing is since 1976 and as a result of the, uh, the civil rights movement is it's an opportunity to develop and talk more about black voices. So particularly in psychology, one thing that's interesting is ideas of black identity models and looking at transsectionality and intersectionality of different people. Because sometimes it might not be just someone's skin tone or background that's the most important thing to them. In early in psychology and looking at trying to create more of a dialogue and fairness within psychology, what we've developed is kind of a way to look at people's race and ethnicity and their gender and their sexual orientation or their poverty status. Mm. So we started to slowly move away from this concept of being privileged or not and then looking at the specific context that people come from. A holistic so, approach. Yeah, right. and it's really changed the sort of landscape for what we understand. And you know, we have to thank black um, sociologists and psychologists like Kimberly Crenshaw for that concept of intersectionality to really see as a prism how we can look through uh, eyes of other people and understand their kind of struggles and their strengths and their their 
you know, toils in kind of coming to where they are. Yeah. How have, um, so this, this year's theme is the arts. How have the arts been represented this month in Black History Month um, at Quincy College? Well, what's wonderful is I'm talking to different English faculty and they're looking at the Harlem Renaissance. Yeah. And so the Harlem Renaissance is the birthplace of jazz music oh. in the 20s in Harlem. So um, then we can look at hip hop music mm -hmm. and all the contributions of voices of our black and brown brothers and sisters in the community and Basquiat and art and art history and different um, people that have just really contributed that might not have always had the platform. Okay, sure. Yeah. Um, so for the rest of this month, you know, we've got another week or so left. Um, do you want your students to do anything? Have you given them assignments, you know, for Black History Month research or, or the work in the community? One thing that I've uh, really been looking at with my students um, in Quincy and in Plymouth is yeah. grandparents raising grandchildren ah. and then the disproportionate amount of people that, you know, come from other ethnic statuses that sure. might need more support. And just, you know, we can also see intersections of different troubles that happen in our society from like substance misuse and different things where, you know, grandparents aren't expecting to raise their grandchildren full time mm. and there's not a lot of resources out there. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing we're trying to do in the community to raise kind of profile in the voices. Another thing is looking at a, our own ethnic identity and when preparing for this with, with Dr. Prophet, it was we can't really understand another person's culture until we really kind of embrace our own. Yeah. So people are writing about their own, you know, backgrounds and you know their uniqueness. Sure, absolutely. Uh, and Dr. Prophet, you have a unique story uh, in coming from uh, Guyana, Guyana, right? Yes, uh, yes. Here to the United States. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about how that how that happened. So uh, in Guyana, I was a registered nurse, and there were some individuals that came to Guyana through the embassy and they requested nurses, they were recruiting nurses. So they requested that if you're interested, you fill out this application, and if you pass, then they would give you a visa to come to the United States. Mm -hmm. So I did, I was interested, I did. I took the exam, I passed, and then I came, and I was working at a hospital. They gave us, um, I think, a year. While you're there, you have to take the boards, the NCLEX exam mm -hmm. for the United States. So I did that, I passed. And then I moved from there, went to another facility, which was Spalding Hospital. Oh. I worked there for a while. In the meantime, I continued to advance my career. I did the Bachelor's of Nursing, and then eventually I did the um, Master's in Nursing oh. and in Education. So then after that, I moved to, um, I continued at Spalding, and then I said, okay, I want to do something else. I don't just want to have all these degrees and not use it productively. I see. So I said, okay, I'm going to do the master's, the um, doctors in nursing education now because I already have a master's. So why not do the doctors in education? So I did that at uh, Regis College. I <coughs> so after I completed that, I said, okay, I need to pass all my knowledge on to someone, hmm. to some you know people who were coming after me. So then I um, applied for the teaching job at Quincy College. So I got the job at Quincy College. I was teaching in the PN program. That's a practical nurse program, which I love. Mm -hmm. And so while I'm teaching, my focus there was to teach and help those students. I want them to realize that you know, there's no limitations. Mm -hmm. You can do anything you want to do. You just have to you know, put the effort into that. Yeah. So my focus was on the students. I helped them, and I wanted them to see that, OK, Professor came from a different country, yeah. and she was able to do all of this. She, through, even though there were 
problems along the way in terms of like race and things like that, which those problems were a minority, okay. not a majority. Yeah. There were very nice people along the way who helped me because there were things you would say that have different meanings where you come from than what it is here. So I had nice people that I worked with that helped me to understand that. And you know, I was able to change my terminology. I see. So yeah, so the students, and I love Quincy College. I love Quincy College because of the diversity. Yes. The students are different races, races, you know, we have so much diverse uh, population. So I was so happy because I was able to help them along the way. You know, if you're coming from a different country, you have different terminologies, you have different way of reading, you have different way of understanding. So because I have that knowledge now mm. that I'm here for a while, I'm able to help those students. Yeah. So what obstacles um, did you face you know, when you first arrived? And so what obstacles do you see your students facing now? So when I first arrived, there were, you know, there were people who would think that, okay, why are you here? You know, you don't belong here because of your ethnicity. Mm -hmm. But then that um, fuels you to show them that, okay, this is why I'm here. I'm going to get my education. Yeah. I'm going to move forward to be on the same level as you are. So that was one. And sometimes in language, you know, we have different terminology that we use. That was another issue. Mm -hmm. But that was fine. I mm -hmm. mean, if you have people around you, you surround yourself with people that like you and try to help you. So I had a lot of those people around me. Sure. And what are your students uh, saying that are some of their obstacles they're facing today? And how might that have been different from when you yes. first arrived? Yeah. Today, they still have this struggle with the language. Still, yeah. Yes, okay. language barrier. And as educators, um, we try to help them. Mm -hmm. There are different ways and things that we do to help these students, you know, make questions shorter. You don't want long questions that because of their language barrier, mm. they have to take a long time to read those questions before they can understand. So we are trying to eliminate that and make it easy for them to read. We're not changing the content, but we're changing how they read mm -hmm. the questions so making it shorter so they can, you know, because if uh, putting them with students who have English as their first language is very difficult. Certainly. Because yeah. most of these students have English as their second language, yes. so they struggle more. Yep. But those are the students I like. I like to help yes. them. So. Yeah. Well, you can see yourself in them, I'm sure. Yes. You know, yes. And, and the struggles that they're going through right yeah. now. Yeah. And I, sorry. When, that's okay. When you first came here, Cheryl, what, what was it that motivated you when you were at the embassy in Guyana to say, you know, I want to go to America and be a nurse there? What, what was going on in your mind at yeah, that time? Yeah, we, we, we were saying that, okay, the, these individuals that came, they said, okay, if you write this exam, you can have a visa. And then we looked at each other and said, well, why not? Why not? It was a, it's, it's, it was a group of us yeah. that took it. We okay. were in the same batch, they call it. And we said, why not? So then we came together, we studied together, and then we took the exam and we passed. And we were like so happy yeah. that we did it. He yeah. said, yes. Did yes. you come by yourself or did you come with I your came family? By you came by myself first, really? yes, to pave the way for them. I see. And okay. Then they came. Sure. Yeah. How many years ago was that? Just even I just roughly? Over 20 years. Has it really? Yes. Okay. Yes. Wow. But so you're professor of nursing now yes. at Quincy College yes. and also a nurse yourself. Yes. Right? Um, how has you know, the nursing profession changed, Cheryl, for people of color? For people of color. So, the, of course, there's the 
racism part of it, mm. which everyone knows. I mean, it's nothing new that's it's there. But then, you know, if you're, you're educated, you went through that process, you try to put that behind you mm -hmm. and focus on the goal. So, y you know, you don't focus on the bad things people say about you or mm -hmm. say things behind you. You don't focus on that. You focus on the good thing. What can I do to help someone? Yes. What can I do to help the students? The students are, um, are, are our focus. So those are the people that I focus on. I see. So. Ken, it's, it's interesting. So much of what Cheryl's talking about is is not so much education but mindsets you know mm. and as a professor of psychology and sociology you must find that very interesting oh it's absolutely fascinating yeah. it was fun just even walking over here because i saw all of her students just root you on <laughs> oh, we're right? just <laughs> celebrating her and she said make good choices as they were going off to lunch as she <laughs> could come here right and uh she is truly a focal point um of the program because a hundred percent of the folks that graduate have jobs yes your program is absolutely strong so this is creating pathways and and this is the beauty of quincy college mm -hmm. is it's an open enrollment mm -hmm. anyone can go if you have the desire to go and you have wonderful professors like like her and myself that want you to succeed right. and uh, we're so lucky so mindset is everything and just being mindful of your experience but then not letting that slow you down is what I'm learning from Cheryl in here today yeah yeah could that perspective be applied to uh, other professions other than nursing absolutely yeah. yes. um, we're teaching sports psychology okay. so looking yeah. at strength-based models of like what's what are the skills and the talents that you have that make you stand out and uh, and moving beyond some of that and that's what's so beautiful about that interactionist model where we can start to see like the little slices of all the different parts that can make us mm. strong and identifying and healing from the place of where we've been you know hurt too sure so shall you've been in here for 20 years now at yeah. least right what does black history month mean to you as a black woman in this country well it gives you a chance to reflect yeah. you know on the accomplishments and the struggles mm. and and you know the, uh, that black people, black Americans, black individuals that they have faced throughout history. Mm -hmm. And most of their, some of them, most of their accomplishment are unnoticed. It goes unnoticed until something happens. But, you know, it gives me a chance to reflect. Also, I do research mm -hmm. and I get more informed mm -hmm. because in, in where my country, we didn't focus so much on Black History Month. We know that we know about Black History Month, but our focus is not like here we have a month-long celebration. Yes, we did. So it gave me a chance to research and reflect on my own culture and my own um, thoughts. Yeah. Do your students tell you that they appreciate having a month where their ethnicity is, is <laughs> yes. appreciated and recognized? Yeah, yes, they do. Yes, they do. What do they say? They said they, they, they're hoping that it would have been a month holiday. I said, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just have the whole month <laughs> off? <Yes. laughs> well, that's I normal said, to no, think that, right? <laughs> I said, no, it's just a month of celebration, yeah. you know. And before we came here, I was talking to them about um, one individual that came from um, the Caribbean country. Yes. And I said, who in this class is from this country? Yep. And there were two of them. Okay. And I said, did you know about this person? that, you know, black history, but they didn't know. Huh. They, they. So it's, it's good. I, I, I educated them this morning before we came here yeah. about her. Yeah. Do you have um, kind of a role model, I guess, uh, for, you know, for black, uh, black history, like the role model, or, or well, just in, in general <coughs> role model? I, I um, especially like Mary um, Cole 
only because she came from Jamaica mm -hmm. and then she moved on and she went into the Crimean War mm. and she helped the soldiers and you know she was very through her diversity you know and sh she had struggles because she wasn't recognized so that propelled me to look at her as a role model. Say her name again, Cheryl. Mary Seacole. Mary S-E-A-C-O-L-E. Yeah. Mary Seacole, Seacole yeah. Okay. How about you, Ken? Do you have a, a role model? I do. One yeah. of them is a close colleague and friend of mine, Napoleon Wells, that has a cure for racism and a TEDx talk. And really? he talks about it as, as like looking at prejudice and yeah. identifying that we all can prejudge people, but then looking at like the harms of racism and mm -hmm. how to look at that in the community and how to heal from it. Mm -hmm. um, I really love William Cross, who I was able to meet uh, with one of my mentors, Dr. Pontorado, and looking at black identity models. Mm -hmm. And so I got to meet him in New York City. Um, I also love Finney, who looks at just how much we confront our own ethnic kind of backgrounds, mm -hmm. and then we either assimilate parts of the you know larger culture that we like, and then look at our ethnic model too, and then we can have a blended kind of cultural tradition where we can just be ourselves wherever we go. Sure. So I certainly have a lot of uh, really <coughs> wonderful uh, black uh, researchers and scientists and friends that in support me and Dr. Uh, Prophet yeah. obviously. I was just gonna say because, you have a role model right next just, to you. <laughs> but she just the way she's so gently yeah. and and carefully takes her students through nursing and, and how much they respect her. And, yeah. mm -hmm. And uh, so it's it's so wonderful to see someone who can hold the line for rigid academics, but also be able to provide that warmth and support. Yeah, and inspiration for mm. sure. Um, and, and a woman's perspective, I think, yeah. black or white or any color, yeah. I think a woman's perspective, yeah. Mm. Thank you both, really appreciate the opportunity yeah. to hear your stories and great to meet you, uh, yeah. Doctor. Please come back. Uh, okay, thank you. You're very welcome. <laughs>